Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I'm speaking with Narinjan Kaur again today. We're going to be talking more about her astrology-based life coaching. She is obviously a brilliant singer and has been sharing mantras with the world for longer than I have since birth, really. Um, she's taking a little break from doing that and she has entered um, counseling school, which is really interesting. She's going to talk about that. She talks a little bit about where she feels like her music journey is going. But I just, I didn't talk about this on the podcast, but I thought I would share this because I thought about it later, is I have been through periods of my life where I have felt that it is necessary to stop doing something in order to reflect on it. And I think that that's always a really useful thing to do because to just keep doing something when it's not feeling right is obviously not a great feeling thing to do. I remember in the episode that we did with Jai Jagdish, she mentioned this idea of a fallow season of the artist where it's like you've reaped all the crops and it's before you reseed the soil to just let the land rest. And I, I really love this visual and I think about it for myself a lot. So um, let's get into this conversation with Narinjan. I had a few people ask me when I was going to do a follow-up because our last one was a little short. So this one is the full length and I think you will really enjoy it. All right, here we go. All right. Well, hello. Welcome to part two. <laughs> hello. Thank you. I had a couple people ask me if I was going to be finishing the one that we started before <laughs> the podcast. Oh, oh, and did, did we end the last one? Like, so that we were gonna I do think people just felt like they wanted to hear more from you because it was only like a half hour or something. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, messed up the scheduling. Oh, I see. Oh, well, that's nice. There weren't any cliffhangers or anything like that, but um, I was like, oh, yeah. God. Maybe say I don't even know. <laughs> like exactly what we talked about. But we talked about astrology. We talked about your astrology. Um, you hadn't started school again, so mm -hmm. yeah, that we could chat about that. Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's about you. <laughs> you're you're the main event here. <laughs> Let's talk about you, Narendra. <laughs> okay then well i'll have to adjust when you say let's talk about me with a talker i can just talk for like two hours but um i won't um well i mean astrology you know we talked i guess about astrology and the way i related to it like last time and um i still love astrology and i'm still doing it still doing the astrology based uh, life coaching which is so fun and awesome and i love it um and also it um you know it, it kind of uh, i was enjoying it so much and it was kind of like moving me in the, in a direction when i was working with people that was like um kind of like you know, there are readings and there was coaching, but it was moving more in the direction of counseling. Um, and I was feeling that like that was this just the space that was naturally being opened. That was the natural kind of like I was getting positive feedback from people that they were having that experience with me. And I was like, I could feel it, too. I could feel that space kind of starting to birth. But I was like, I'm not a trained counselor. Like people need training for this. Like, like, you know, like I, I, ooh, I have to like know what I'm doing. And right now it's like, what was the, me. what was the, the space? Like what, how did you go from feeling comfortable to like, this is beyond my depth. What was the difference? That's a good question. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, well, it is. It's like so, you know, you're very like perceptive and like really following it. Like, yeah, there's like, that's a key moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, I'd say, like, um, um, let's see what the best, most succinct way to describe it would be. Um, I mean, for one thing, I guess I was, I relate to the practice of astrology. Like I relate to astrology as a tool um, to, as a tool to be used to help people, you know, gain more self-awareness and with that self-awareness that can help them 
figure out how to move forward in life in the way that they're feeling challenged. And, you know, anytime people would come to me to get an astrology reading, you know, they would be, they wouldn't just come, they don't usually come for no reason. Sometimes they do. They're just like, well, it's been a while. I should check in with the stars, you know, but usually it's like they're doing it because something's up. You know, they're like, they're feeling something's happening and they're like, uh, they're having a challenge. They are not, they want to do something better. They are suffering in some way and they want some help in some way. And so, you know, whenever people come, that's what we naturally end up talking about and focusing on. And so I'd be naturally, usually they'd come to me, they'd be like, tell me what I should do. Mm. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, you know, that's, no, I don't, I don't, don't give me that power, you know, like, you know, I'm going to be wrong (laughs) if I try and tell you what to do. You know, I, I was noticing that because of the astrology and because of the kind of the, the power of the tool itself, people just are like, oh, good. It knows more than I know about myself. So tell me. And I was just like, no, <clears throat> what I was doing is he- what I started naturally doing is hearing from people about themselves and then like putting their chart over top of that being like, oh, how-? it's like, oh, that makes and it's always like, oh, it brings their chart to life. It, it, it Then it's like, oh, what they're saying makes so much sense about their personality because of everything that's at play in their chart. It's like a personality chart that comes to life when they tell me about themselves. And then I get to reflect back to them what who, who they're saying that they are, but they don't see it. We don't see ourselves. And so um, what ended up happening was this kind of like problem solving, helping personal growth through a space of empathy and listening and um It's like I started to, and then what started happening is that inevitably when that space of empathy and listening and like reflecting and guidance starts to happen, when the person starts to become awoken and starts to be like, oh my God, I'm realizing things about myself and now I know what I want to do. It's like when, it's like as that's, that's, that's a sensitive process. It's very vulnerable for people. You know, people open up their deepest, you know, fears and you know stuff they feel shameful about stuff they feel afraid of and and that's navigating that territory with people is delicate business Mm -hmm. and that's why counselors are trained because so that you can navigate very safely with people and also counselors are trained to not just deal in the realm of epiphany but in the realm of of um continued sustained help even after the epiphany has been brought mm-hmm. and what i found was that like a i wanted i wanted more training and tools to be able to really offer very safe space for people um you know which i was already doing pretty well but there are things that i've learned now and i will continue learning to do it much much better and then also learning how to continue to work with people like with counseling people come back sorry when with counseling people come back you know to and you kind of get to be with them throughout their change and growth process Mm -hmm. whereas the astro sessions it's like people come for epiphany and self-clarity and they have a direction and then they never see them again Mm -hmm. and that's fine also if that's what people need that's fine but oftentimes especially with more behavioral type therapies people need it's kind of like, well, sometimes people need continued support to check back in. What have your goals? What has your progress been like? How's the change going? So I really, so I felt like I wanted to kind of grow into that more. So I, don't know, I guess, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. So you were feeling a little, um, well, you, I interrupted you in the middle of, of, a, of a thought there. So that was the, that was the little asterisk, but you were saying like you, you were feeling like you needed more. So you went and got some training. Yes, are you getting some training? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm like at this point right now, uh, what day is it today? It's like the end of May. So I'm like, I'm like two or about two and a half months into a year long program. Um, okay. Yeah, it'll end next March. And then I kind of start like have to get, you know, a certain amount of supervised hours and like, you know, and get all, you know, registered with the right associations and to essentially be like licensed, even though licensing is different in uh, in Canada. So, but anyway, yeah, so it, it'll be like, you know, a journey, but I'm on that journey and it feels really good and it's already uh, nourishing and improving like my sessions with with clients like on a daily basis and it's that's like so interesting that's so neat that's one of those things where I feel like if you had if you visited yourself five years ago and was like you're going to be a counselor would you have been like huh <laughs> or, or would that have been like oh yeah I could see myself doing that I, I probably would have been like that makes sense like it's like that makes sense as something maybe I could do but I didn't but I wouldn't have thought that I was capable of it at that point it would have sounded too daunting yeah yeah that's crazy so art well not crazy but like that's really cool um crazy in that like yay uh (laughs) do do you have um are you drawn to a certain type of counseling because I imagine there's a range of specialties or are you going to keep it pretty general or see how it goes I think I'm gonna see kind of how it goes I mean um before you know before I started my program they had me sign up for they have they have you like pick from like five or six different like general kind of counseling options which are like um career counseling Mm. intimacy and relationships counseling um think one oh yeah like youth and family counseling um what are the other ones like I don't I'm not remembering at this exact moment there are several but it was kind of general general frameworks like that I mean they have marriage counseling anymore are they calling that intimacy Intimacy and relationships counseling I wonder if they yeah I don't know I have like papers right here I'm like no it's (laughs) but um and I think I think maybe was loss oh 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 substance abuse and addiction oh yeah, okay a big one um and then other ones that I'm not thinking of right now but anyway out so I had to pick one out of like the few yeah. big headings and I was like I don't really know but I guess the one that seems closest to what I'd be interested in would be intimacy and relationships counseling yeah. um so <laughs> so I'm Sounds like right. yeah, I think so right and it's like I mean I like to think so but I uh so maybe I might end up kind of specializing in that I might not um you know it's already been an amazing two and a half months every time we learn about different kind of genres of counseling I'm like oh this one this one this one the best <laughs> Like my first is the the program I'm taking is like there are like 16 kind of modules. And um the first module that I took um was substance abuse and addiction. And it was super intense, but like so profound and awesome. And I was like, maybe I should do this. And but then I was like, then I was like, I I could. But then it's like that. I'm that I'm that I'm like in the downtown east side. And <laughs> oh, I was gonna that that that's your hangout. I was thinking like, well, I don't know that you have a ton of experience with substance abuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's another side of it. But you know, but it is that's another side of it. But you know, um, after kind of delving into it a little bit, it's kind of like it is ideal for like a substance abuse counselor to have you know gone through the Mm. particular type of dark night of the soul um you know that particular challenge but interestingly um interestingly it you know substance abuse and addiction really ties into so many different aspects of mental health and it's like it it ties into so much other stuff and trauma and um you know yeah trauma mainly <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of like essentially it's a coping mechanism and there are very many and it's like um 
there's also so many types of addictions that aren't just substance abuse. There's like lots of behavioral addictions that can be sometimes even, you know, sometimes even more life-threatening and all-encompassing and then like super, super difficult than even the substances. Um, and like gambling addiction, for example, mm. like buddy, um, I was hearing of somebody who like struggled with a cocaine addiction and a gambling addiction. And they were saying that actually it was much easier to, to sobriety from cocaine was actually um, much easier than mm. becoming recovery from gambling. Um, and it was just like, whoa, cause the behavioral addictions can actually be even, even more take over even more. Mm. Uh, so Anyway, interestingly, it was, it was fascinating. And I just, I thought it was like, it really got all the way, all the way, all the way down. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm interested in. Like, that's what really interests me most about counseling, about this work is like being able to go all the way down. Hmm. I, mean, I get a little irritated with like, kind of surface level coaching or counseling. That's like, okay, well, let's just help you manage your day. And, you know, let's just you know, think of a solution to this one little thing. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that because that's what a lot of people genuinely, sometimes that's what people need and that's fine. Yeah. And I have nothing like against that. But for me personally, like it really gets my juices flowing if we can go to like, if if we get to go navigate the the the, the deepest, juiciest things that really make us transform as human beings and like yeah. really unleash our deepest potential. Um, and so, you know, the heaviest things tend to be the heaviest growth. And so that's why, you know, during that course going substance abuse and addiction has a way of like, you know, if you're going through that, it has a way of like, well, you, then you're going to go all the way, likely going to have to go all the way down. Mm. And, same with uh, trauma and recovery. One of the courses I took was trauma and recovery. And that was, that was even more intense than <laughs> substance abuse and addiction. But again, I liked it the most because it was like, yeah, yeah, this is where we get to go to the deepest places. And that's where mm -hmm. the, the most powerful work takes place. And so, and, but you know, the main, that's also why I was drawn into counseling because I was naturally in my work with people and the people that were being drawn to me, they naturally were like, Woo, we're going all the way down. That's just what we're <laughs> going to do. Naturally, I'm like, whoa, whoa, yes, but we're going to swim in these waters together. I need to be a very competent like, leader here. <laughs> like, I need to, like really know how to establish safety really, 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 really well you know, in order to be able to navigate those. So that's why I started taking the course. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, going to go in with all of our safety tethers, with all of our regulation tools, with all of our, like, you know, all of our grounding, all of our everything so that we can just, you know, that that's what I want. I want to get like really well-trained to get a lot of experience and, you know, so that's been really helpful for me too, just in my own recovery. Mm you know, I had some really negative experiences with uh, therapists that were like harmful to me. Um, and I was just like, this is not how this should, this is not, this is not how this should be going. And so I've, there's the, one of the other things that drew me to- You mean like recently you, or recently? Like, oh, okay. So you sought, you sought therapy. Oh yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, after everything crashed and burned. Yeah. With, Joe, I mean, it's like the first thing everybody's saying is like, oh, oh, shit, we got trauma. We didn't realize we had. Okay, <laughs> okay, everybody see a therapist. Everybody find a therapist right now. Task one. <laughs> so I did. And, but I, I, I saw several like coaches and therapists and I just found them to not, not be able to understand. They like could not orient yeah. to what I was going through. And like, they couldn't orient. And I was just like, you don't get it. I, I felt like they did not understand and they were not able to adequately guide me, like help me at all. And it actually ended up being more harmful than good. And um, so after that, I was just like, okay, well, I don't, I feel really gun shy about therapists. Um, 
you know, even though I'm sure there are fantastic ones out there, but I don't want to go like testing the waters and like, you know, my trust was shaken. Yeah. Yeah. Testing the waters. And so like, I'm just, you know, I'm sure I will. I'm open to a fantastic therapist coming into my life and totally having a fantastic therapeutic relationship in that way. Great. Super like excited about that happening in the future. But as of right now, um, my program like it's in person and there's a whole group of us and the teacher the teachers are all counselors and we even get to do practice sessions with each other and there's a lot of like safety in the counseling space being opened up in class and Mm. so I actually have found that it has been and it's also been training me to counsel myself which is what I need most after cult trauma it's like oh I actually need to know how to not give my power away to anyone ever right now you know, and just like learn how to counsel myself. So the environment of trust and safety in the group mixed with learning how to counsel myself is like, has been really, really therapeutic, really challenging, really humility building. And um, so. Wow. I was going to ask several questions and they they floated away. No, well, I was interested in what you were saying. No, I was interested in what you were saying. Okay, well, oh, right. The first one was when we were talking about addiction, um, I was curious if you related to that in some way, like if you have perceived yourself being addicted. Because I definitely, I know I have and not in the traditional sense. So I was just curious if maybe that was a reason why that was appealing to you as well. Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that if any human being says that they haven't experienced addiction, I think that they're kind of fooling themselves <laughs> you know, in, you know, in some way, at least it's small. They want you to tell them how to manage their day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, really. It's okay. I respect everybody. It's like that. Absolutely. But yeah, I kind of, it's like, you know, I think I think it's more like a lack of education of what addiction is. And um, it was, you know, some people may not have, but I mean, if you haven't, I'm kind of like, well, then do it. <laughs> well, then you should, because like, <laughs> part of you, of the human psyche that it's good to understand, even if it's about yourself. And I'm not saying like, go get addicted to like a hard substance or something, <laughs> you know, um, but I would say, hmm, um I mean several things I've experienced that relationship with I mean one cool thing that I learned was like the definite kind of like defining what addiction is and kind of the symptomology of it I feel like now I have to like list it off really super accurately but but like generally speaking it's like when you have a behavior or uh or you engage with a substance um that helps you to cope with emotional pain that helps you to cope with something that's really difficult um but then you end up engaging with that behavior or substance in such a way like to to an ex to a degree or um often enough that it starts to have that that engagement with that behavior or substance starts to have a harmful effect on like your relationships your productivity your self-care your ability to work and sustain yourself Um, when that thing starts to be harmful in some way to your primary life happy life functions then that's when you know that's kind of generally when it's called an addiction and so that can really be anything I mean it can be digital like social media you know it's like you want to be spending time with your partner or your kids but you're scrolling through Facebook on your phone and you're not interacting with them and then oh they that affects your relationship with them and so so technically at that point it's an addiction because it's interfering with how you want to live and your values it's interfering with like really your values of how you want to live do you want to do you need to play your game I need to sneeze, but I'm muted. So you go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, oh no, do it, sneeze. Um, um, so with so with that kind of framework in mind, I, you know, I would say there are a lot of things in my life that I've related to in that way, um, and nothing like 
to the point of serious extremity um, to the point where it has like taken completely over my life and caused me to lose a whole bunch of relationships and or like you know burn a whole bunch of bridges make me financially destitute um or you know make me lose employment or something mm-hmm. like that. nothing to that level of extremity um however things have definitely affected my relate uh, you know like my relationships and my ability to feel regulated or take care of myself and um have uh, so for example like um sweets like eating too many sweets you know i find that to be like one of my coping mechanisms mm-hmm. uh, that if i'm feeling like a lot of emotional pain and i'm stressed i'm like okay i just I have to get cookies like that's what i'm gonna have to do but i have a very very sensitive uh like parasympathetic kind of nervous system response and if i have chocolate or if i have like refined sugar it's like not okay for my body. It really like throws me off. It upsets my emotional regulation. It ups my anxiety. Um, it, it can create insomnia for me, which affects me in all sorts of ways. And, you know, but when I still choose to do it, even though I know it's going to affect my life badly, sometimes I will still choose to do it anyway mm-hmm. and accept that harmful effect and still be harmed by it but if choose to do it anyway and that's when I'm like oh yeah I've done that with sweets for sure refined sugar I ended that one a long time ago because it was too much for me but like even with like chocolate like I'll still fall into that one and I'll still like have these little tiny mini relapses sometimes (laughs) me and I'll like you know it'll totally throw me off kilter and I'm like oh like yeah okay well there was that one um even I mean a larger one which kind of controversial is kind of like you know even just in within 3HO doing getting like addicted to like my daily practice and like meditating for amounts of time that are more than that are not as that are like more than is necessary Mm -hmm. um and you know it's like there's kind of it's like yoga and meditation are fantastic they can be tools for regulation they are they're tools for healing they're fantastic i wouldn't call that like a harmful substance in any way but it's just like you know when you start to relate to it as like a bypassing of painful emotions it's like rather than actually go actually dealing with what you're feeling and approach talking to people and approaching your relationships and developing like a safe space that you know like actually moving through life in a way that feels regulated and consistent um doing like really intensive you know yoga meditation workshops that just essentially make you just really high but you're still not really actually dealing with your life Mm -hmm. I would, I would cat, I think that can be categorized as an addiction, but it would more be like in the realm of kind of spiritual bypassing. Nobody relates to it as an addiction. <laughs> Many people relate to exercise addiction. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 But no one's going to say exercise is harmful because you need exercise, but. Right. Well, like, I mean, it can get harmful to the point of like injury yeah. and yeah. Exactly. Well, that's when it's, that's when technically it becomes an addiction because right. it starts to like harm you. Uh, but it's with yoga and meditation it's like it's a tough line to draw because it's like well at what point is it harmful it's like well I don't know like at what point (laughs) is it harmful is it harmful to you like where are you at right now are you unhappy right right. (laughs) it's not helping (laughs) Uh, yeah that's funny I was I was thinking of your your counseling um thing in a funny way, because I, I was also one of those who, when, especially when, when they, when three, was it three HO? Yeah. Three HO said that they were going to pay for everyone to have therapy at some mm-hmm. point, right. They were going to give some, everybody yeah. a stipend. So, and, and I also haven't had like great success with therapists in the past. So I got a referral from a friend and he was like, Oh yeah, she's really great. I love her. And, um, did like, however I did like, I don't know, a couple months of sessions with her and she was really sweet but i had her fill out the form and they're like she is not a certified whatever you know <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. why did you recommend her oh i i build them for another for someone else 
Because I thought he had already like submitted the paperwork and she was approved, you know. So oh, I see. Right. Yes. I was like, that's a really funny. That was a really funny recommendation. Thank you. But you will now, <laughs> ironically, you will now be someone that if they wanted to use this funding could go to. Right. Uh, oh, yes. Still available. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of a funny like. That's a funny know, twist of fate, right? Yeah. Well, it's also interesting too, because like it, it also like one of the one of the therapists that I saw was like trained in a therapeutic modality. So they're like trained in they're like trained in a specific modality of like somatic therapy and like mm. Um, I don't know all the credentials that they had, but I know that that was one of them. And it's like that, you know, that was great. They did that really well. I think they were trained in some other kind of body healing things. Um, and it was interesting. It's like they did a lot of things well, but in the literally the first month of my program that I took of the counselor training, I was just like, like suddenly seeing like all the things that they didn't do and that mm. they obviously hadn't been trained to do mm. and because they hadn't done the things it was like that's why it didn't work mm. <laughs> and I was just like um and we also learned about like there's this like pie chart that we were given that was like um it showed that like after tons of like evidence-based like research of of therapies um, it was and, and and clients and people's progress and recovery and whatnot. It's like a pie chart saying like how how much each each aspect of therapy actually helps people. Mm. The therapeutic modality, meaning like, are you doing somatic therapy? Are you doing EMDR? Are you doing? Oh, you that's know, what mine did. EMDR. That was EMDR that was the was thing. Behind. Yeah, 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 interesting. EMDR is super cool, but that's like a therapeutic modality. Yeah. There's like, you know, psychoanalysis, there's Adlerian therapy, there's like humanistic approach, existential approach. There's like all these different ways you can work with people that have all these different techniques and um, gestalt and all these other things. Um, but it's saying like the therapeutic modality, actually, research has shown that like it only matters 15%. <laughs> um and 40 percent is like the client the like client and their life circumstances like what just where they're at and what's going on with them and 30 percent is the therapeutic relationship yeah, which sense. means like how yeah like how the counselor shows up their accurate empathic understanding of the person the their ability to create safety their ability to um their ability to have like the the respect that the client how the client feels respected how they feel accurately empathically understood how they feel um encouraged um and also the level of like unconditional positive regard like that they feel that they actually feel like encouraged like they can grow themselves that mm. that's like that's the biggest or not the biggest but that and their like their life and how they feel seen and held in the relationship and tr and, tr and the trust like between them and the counselor is actually the biggest the biggest most important um you know um source of change and that the modality is important too because like certain things different strokes for different folks you know like certain things work for certain people emdr is like tons of people swear by it ifs swear by it somatic therapy swear by it so many people who do these different therapies it's the only way you can't like recover if you don't do this thing it's like well you can <laughs> just it's got to work for you and you got to feel safe and you got to trust the the therapist ifs what's that ifs is internal family systems it's like this oh. actually super is that the osho thing or no 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 i don't, think, I don't know if OSHO goes into it but it's this no, thing it's family like, constellations no. oh yeah oh yeah that's, that's different. different okay yeah it's it doesn't it's funny because it doesn't necessarily have to do with family it's actually just a way of looking at the self that you have like a core self 
um, that's like, you know, it's like when you relate to your core self, you feel like compassion, courage, confidence, clarity, connectedness, like creativity, um, your core self. And then, you know, when people are talking about their life, they're like, well, I kind of felt like part of me was part of me wanted to go and like talk to that person. And part of me wanted to do that. But part of me was also like, knew that that wasn't right. Or like part of me said this and part of me said that IFS is just like leaning into that and being like, huh, okay. Tell me more about that part. What, why did that part, uh, you know, what, what is that part saying? Like, you know, where do they exist in your body? And that's kind of has somatic references, but it's like where, you know, how old does that, how old is that part? How old is that? How old does that part of you think mm-hmm. you are? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, um, you kind of talk to that part and kind of really hear what it has to say. And part of the ascent, the essence of that modality is that like, no, there's no part is a bad part. Mm-hmm. So they're like every single part of you that seems to be in conflict, they seem to be in conflict with each other and conflict with what you want. And, um, but really, if you talk to it, it just wants to protect you. Mm. Uh, it's just trying to help you. And um, and the idea is that you kind of want to hear it out. And like you want to kind of be able to accept all of like kind of make all of your parts on the be able to be on the same frequency as your core self mm. and be able to really like um uh, you can there's one part they kind of they talk about your core self and then these like protective protector part of yourself and then there's like the exile which is like that part of yourself that's like where the shame is and the trauma lives and you don't want anybody to see it and the idea is that to like really integrate and embrace the exile and like let the protectors know that they've done a fantastic job but now you're going to integrate the exile and everything's going to be okay and that that's kind of where the healing happens so that's the general ifs in like a two-minute description lovely (laughs) are you familiar with byron katie's work i just discovered her like a few months ago well for real i'd heard her name before but i feel like i'm the same i've kind of heard her name but yeah it's really interesting because when we were talking about addiction i was thinking she talks about how people are addicted to certain thoughts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway that's interesting that could also kind of be in the realm of the like obsessive compulsive disorder did mm. to certain thoughts i mean that can be kind of like a you know like an obsession with a, an obsession with a thought an obsession with the concept it's like you don't want to let it go because it's unresolved mm. like, oh i'm obsessed with it because it's like i'm a big i'm addicted to it and obsessed with it because because you just want to resolve it and it's like cool all right well like let's let's lean into what that thought has to say let's lean in i don't know what she does but yeah no she does she does a really interesting process i i I don't know i think it'd be cool for you to check out it's it's very interesting um it's yeah i don't i don't know it's kind of like nothing else that i've i've seen although it is similar to some of some work that i've done but also like different she's very interesting um but yeah she talks about like thought she talks about thought being like being addicted to thought in terms of like how you relate to people. So like, um, I don't know. I was just watching a video about some woman who was upset with her drunk friend and, um, you know, her, her basically being addicted to helping people who don't want to be helped or, you know, like I need, you know, being a savior for people. I mean, you know, stuff like that. I see. Oh yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Is that a cello? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a child. I got into like, before I started my program, when I had more time, um, I, I was like, I was like, Oh, like I've always loved the cello and like, <laughs> I should start like learning it. And I like took it up for a bit. I like rented a cello at like a music store and I was like, cool. And I like, you know, for a few weeks kind of dived into it a little bit and like, you know, learned how to hold the bow and started to like learn the notes and, you know, I was enjoying it. But then my program started and I was like, well, that was fun. (laughs) More time for that anymore. That's awesome. Do you also play guitar? I don't think I've ever seen you play guitar. enough to kind of get by. It's not like my like instrument of like, I'm not going to go up and do a guitar performance of like, But, you know, I kind of strum. It's more of like a, I play guitar in a similar way that I pl- played the harmonium, you know, where it's just like, 
I played it as like backup for singing, you know, yeah. to hold, hold a rhythm and hold the kind of chords to, you know, but nothing, I didn't, I didn't develop it as an instrument the way I developed my voice as an instrument. My voice was kind of my primary instrument. Yeah. I did play the piano when I was young too. Um, you know, but I, <clears throat> I don't know, at some point when I got into like high school or something, I just kind of stopped playing, but it was a helpful foundational music. Oh, you, so you played for quite a while. Well, I probably played for maybe five years, maybe. Okay. No, because I started when I was kind of like, no, it must have been, yeah, when I entered high school, I stopped. So I, I think around then, I don't know. I don't even remember looking back. I'm like, I don't know. It was several years. <clears throat> um, but you were in high school in India. So you were taking piano lessons while, or am I getting the well, chronology wrong? Um, well, I did two years of, of high school in a public high school here in Vancouver. Uh -huh um before I went and did three years in India so I think I, I was not playing piano anymore by the time I was in high school which was when I was like 13 and I think I started playing the piano at like maybe seven eight okay so you know I, I did it but it was it wasn't you know I think I I remember I got to the level of being able to play like Furelise and like you know the kind of but like that I didn't like go much beyond that <laughs> but it was My it definitely awoke my musical like passion and helped give a great musical foundation for sure that's awesome yeah my my dad wanted me to start piano lessons really early his mom was a piano teacher and he never like did piano lessons because his mom was a piano teacher so he always wanted that for me and his his big pitch was like you'll be able to accompany yourself when you sing i was like oh this oh. is great and so year after year would pass i'm like at what point will i be singing with this <laughs> because <laughs> that's not what anyone's teaching me <laughs> no and it's so hard yeah that's honestly why i took up guitar because i, <laughs> I watch people like sing and play piano i'm like fuck <laughs> like, now, but I was like I can't do that it's the same way that I'm like in class I'm watching people like taking notes I'm like I can't take notes like it's too distracting like my brain like, really oh yeah oh see I can't concentrate unless I am taking notes yeah different brains yeah right? the second I like divert my attention from like what the teacher is saying and I like write something down I completely miss what they're saying my my wow. attention can't at the same time yeah it's very interesting because then like someone else in my class like she has to be doodling like and making she makes these little I love her she makes like she takes the wax coverings from the baby bell cheeses and like forms like little animals while she's listening to like the lectures in class because that's the only way she can focus is if she's like creating something and there I am I literally have to like I can have a stress ball and I can be like stress ball but like that's it for my other stimulation <laughs> like wow yeah that's super mm -hmm. interesting and for whatever reason I can play the harmonium while I'm singing I can play the guitar when I'm while I'm singing but I I mean I could probably play the piano while I'm singing if I really tried for a long time but I have not found success with that it's just oh. too my brain as soon as one hand's doing like one complicated thing and another hand's doing another complicated thing and I'm singing a complicated thing I'm, I'm just gone I'm like <laughs> My brain, it just drops off. <laughs> it is really freeing in, in, in a sense to sing without having to play something as well. I, I do it like is. that experience. Sometimes you just need to hold down the fort, but like it is kind of nice to have other people take care of that. So I get it that. Is. It is. It's true, actually. I actually noticed that, some, that it was a new confidence thing for me when I started singing. Like... It was like I needed my safety harmonium, like my safety blanket. You know? <laughs> I was like, but if I'm, if to I'm sit safe, behind something, yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as I could only focus on my voice, suddenly I was like, oh, this is a little scary. <laughs> it opens up. It opens up a lot more sensitivity to the voice and a lot more attention. Yeah. Is that when you were like playing with Matthew and and Ramdas? You were you weren't playing harmonium as much, right? Yeah, at all. yeah at, at a certain point when yeah it was actually when I started playing with Matthew and Rondas that I ditched the harmonium because um not entirely I still would also use it other times but yeah 
Yeah, because like Matthew would be looping and like it would, and he was doing drones with the cello and it was just like the harmony was just obsolete. It didn't do, it was not needed. It was just yeah. kind of filling space that was already being filled. And then we were touring and I didn't want to have to like carry it around. That was obnoxious. And so I was just like, well, how about if I just don't? <laughs> was so I was like, ooh. And, but then I started, got the looper and started looping my own voice, which was fun. But then I started hiding behind the looper. And I had to kind of break out of that then. <laughs> when was that? What what year that was that? Uh, back, God. That uh, I was touring with the looper? Yeah. That was probably, because uh, I think from uh, To the Heart was released in like 2017. So it was around that time. So like 2016, 2017. No, not 2017. What am I talking about? To the Heart was released in, was it 2017? Yeah, yeah, okay. So it was before then, probably like 2015. Because I started using the looper when Ramdas, with Ramdas as well, when he was, when it was like me and Matthew and Ramdas, I think. So I think, I think. And that must have been around 2015 through 2017 kind of time. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cool time. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, do you have anything else that you want to share? I feel I feel like um, we we accomplished our uh, getting to hear more from you. But <laughs> is there anything kind of brewing or that you're excited about besides the counseling stuff or? Um. um I really put you on the spot. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I like to put on Oh, excellent. Okay. Yes, no, it's good. <laughs> um, it's like, it, um, yeah, like, I guess. I really, I mean, back to that question that I kind of didn't really fully answer earlier when you said, like, what am I drawn to kind of what? general area am I drawn to with counseling and um also a lot of people ask me about music um mm. and whether I'm going to do music again and um I guess <laughs> you know I kind of feel like those are loose ends that people always are asking me and mm. they are loose ends there are also kind of questions that come up for me personally as well um both of those things and it's interesting that they're kind of connected um the music am I going to do music again? And how am I going to do counseling? Mm. Uh, You know, how are they connected? Well, they're connected in the sense that like, they both point at how am I going to, how do I want, how specifically do I want to like work, like do the things I'm passionate about? Yeah. In what direction am I going to put those things? It's like, I'm passionate about working with people and the human condition. And I'm passionate about, art and expression and a lot like several people have been like so are you gonna like put those two together music (laughs) therapy you know with people and I'm kind of like I don't know what that would look like I guess there's like a whole like art therapy world right it's another modality right yeah sounds beautiful and amazing I don't I don't know um there's music therapy is a whole thing that I could conceivably be trained in and I'm, I'm not saying no maybe sure maybe I'd be open to that but um but I guess yeah I guess there's kind of because there's also the whole one the 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 part of the like it's interesting because also my therapeutic my journey of self-growth of like personal growth and my journey forward into who I am and what I want to offer the world is intrinsically it's tied in with my art that's like that's part of who I am and part of the part of my recovery from you know 3HO and everything that I experienced in my life and the complexity of that has been that I kind of stopped singing and Mm -hmm. I was like feel like I don't know how to do it there's a lot of imposter syndrome a lot of like I'm a fraud and it's like when I start I have a freeze response when I start to even sing at all oftentimes and it's like that that I know that that's tied in with my my healing and recovery and I know that they are they're moving together they're holding hands so I know that as I progress in the realm of my own therapeutic process my music is also going to come back 
in a new way. And I'm going to find my way forward with both of those things at the same time. They're connected. And interestingly, I've found myself like gravitating towards um, trauma work um, with people, like towards that as a thing that I might want to kind of go towards in the realm of counseling. Um, but specifically, there just really are not a lot of counselors that know how to work with people coming out of highly controlled religious organizations. Mm -hmm you know, um, cult organizations. Um, and even I noticed that there's a lot of crossover um, between trauma from um, like abusive relationships and yeah. trauma from, um, you know, cult abuse. It's very, and, and also family abuse, like parent yeah. child abuse. There's a lot yeah very similar trauma because a lot of more like cptsd so complex post-traumatic stress disorder which is more like trauma over time you know even trauma that's not necessarily considered like traumatic where it's like people don't necessarily think of like brainwashing and indoctrination and sexual repression and like i see you know the isolation that's caused by uh being in a cult like people don't consider that to be trauma necessarily mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. or at least don't know how to recognize it yeah um, or people like you know nor most of the time people don't they don't they're just like like what but you were but you were never raped or physically abused or you weren't like a prisoner of war you didn't like yeah. in combat so like you know you weren't like forced to so then it's not trauma what do you mean the you other know? thing people do you notice the other thing people um take away from life. I don't know. I've noticed because I watched so many cult documentaries in the wake of all this, like just so I could understand more. Mm -hmm. And what I found so interesting are people commenting like, wow, can you imagine being so stupid that you would believe all this or like so crazy or like, I'm so glad I'm not that gullible or stuff like that. I'm like, oh, you don't understand that everyone's being fooled by something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you actually, and also they don't, people tend to not understand like the incredible drive of humans to experience a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what, like if you have experience having a similar way of thinking and ideology with like a massive group of people, yeah. you get to experience connection and like some sort of congruence of belief like that is so incredibly powerful biologically right, right. For us. we're programmed for tribe right we're right. programmed for that and it's like if you feel accepted and understood and included and loved and you feel just this connection with people and this congruence then it's like that's a drug of its own it's like and that it's like you don't it's like people it's the same kind of a thing where it's like, it's like, well, <laughs> people addiction relate to addiction as like a moral issue. Hmm. It's like, well, if you can see that it's harming your life, just stop doing it. <laughs> you obviously don't understand. It's like, you must just be weak. Right. right. Well, you obviously do not understand what it's right. like. Well, and it has to do with whether the thing that you're doing is socially acceptable or not, you know? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. It's like even, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot of like, you know, like people uh, suffer from gambling addiction with cryptocurrency, with like stock trading cryptocurrency. Mm. It's new. They're like, well, no, I'm just making money. I'm just being a modern business person. Meanwhile, they're like, they're like losing their lives. Mm. You know, it's just like, no, you're addicted and it's, it's harming you. You know, it's like, I can't also just say that to somebody, but. <laughs> well, you can as a counselor though. <laughs> That's why I'm in the course, because you can't, but you can't. <laughs> anyway, but like, but you know, it's like, but it's like, there's this um, point being, it's like, yeah, people don't, pe people don't know how to recognize it um, as trauma. Mm. It's like, they don't know what it is. But then of course, you know, when I was in the course, seeing all the symptoms of CPTSD, I was like, check, check, <laughs> check check and I'm like okay if you're I even talked with my teacher in the course I'm like hey but if you have somebody 
who like has never been raped, has never been like, you know, specifically they don't have like physical child abuse. Like, you know, they've never, yeah. whatever things I listed before. It's like, you don't get, if they have symptoms, of PTSD or like CPTSD that are obviously not, if they're not like a neurodivergence issue, sometimes, you know, issues with like ADHD and mm -hmm. things like that can be, um, sometimes they can be connected with, with trauma, uh, but sometimes they're not and they can be misdiagnosed. But sometimes people are having severe like CPTSD issues and problems and severe anxiety and depression and like, you know, insomnia and like obviously something's wrong. And it's like, you have to be able to look at their life in an honest way and like see trauma, not through a linear lens, not mm -hmm. through like limited lens. You've got to look at like, what did they experience? Like just hear about it. What did they experience? And like, when I look back at, at like my life, I'm like, it's incredible, like the the isolation. And even I was reading this, we had to read this incredible book for our class, which I recommend to anybody who wants to know about trauma recovery. I think it was just called Trauma and Recovery by Judith Harmon or Judith Harmon. Um, incredible book. And it, it mentions like cult abuse a lot. Mm book and cult indoctrination which I really appreciate it <laughs> but it was it was showing how like the trauma of it is like the trauma of isolation essentially mm. brainwashing and isolation it makes you feel disc because trauma the essence of trauma is disconnection mm. from self and from others from the world and when you kind of are trained when you kind of are like brainwashed to believe that you are special mm. you're special and you're different you're special you're different then it disconnects you from not only the parts of yourself that are not different yeah human that are the same that's traumatic mm. it's so isolating that disconnects you from your own body right and then it can also then disconnect you from the the rest of the world and the people that you love but you're told that you can't possibly love because they're lower than you mm. It's like that, that is, that's traumatic over years and years and years and years. It's incredibly isolating and isolation over time is, is traumatic. It's like, a, it's a prisoner thing, mm. you know? And it's like, it's like, but it's psychos. It's like, it's, it exists only in the, the mind and that can be really heavy duty. And, but recovery from that is very, very similar to recovery from any trauma, which is safety, remember like grief and reconnection. Um, and um, so anyway, so all that to say, I really feel drawn. I feel like if there's a place where I feel drawn to working with people, it's that it's like mm -hmm. recovery from things that people don't necessarily like, I feel like there's a lot of trauma work for like, like, victims of like domestic physical abuse and rape and like war vets and I don't know it's also are largely ignored and there's there's holes I don't want to be like everybody you know what that's all fine there's holes in all those right right big holes but but there's I feel like one of the biggest holes is like people which what as I've experienced is yeah. is like recovery from you know, highly controlled religious organizations and from like mental and emotional abusive relationships. Yeah. Even as you were describing that, I was like, it doesn't even have to be that controlled of a religious group. I mean, that's the message of most religious groups, right? You are, we are special. They don't know, <laughs> you know, they don't know any better. We have yeah, to save true. them. I'm trying to be politically correct. <laughs> And also just respectful of like, it's po I do believe that it's possible to ascribe to a spiritual path and spiritual practices that are that are very beautiful and regulating and supportive and 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 promote a feeling of empowerment and safety uh, without without um, you know, prescribing to the like, I'm better and everyone else is less kind of mindset. Right. Um, also there's a lot of gray area, you know, I know in 3HO we were kind of, they're like, no, that's not what we're doing, but they really were, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, but still, that's not to say I'm like, Hey, if someone wants to go take Kundalini yoga teacher training, go ahead. Like, honestly, it's a fantastic yoga practice. L like, I just feel that the danger comes when it's like, um, when it's just like, you know, 
you are now better because you're doing this. This is so much better than all the things. I'm even facing it in my therapeutic training where I, you know, part of our thing was also one of the reasons I'm loving being trained to be a counselor um, is because as a counselor, we're actually encouraged to include lots of different modalities and explore lots of different modalities. Because if you even go into like, you know, IFS training or like, you know, uh, um, a TIST, what's it called? Um, well, no, TIST is okay. But this, this other one, I'm not even remembering it. I was like, ooh. <laughs> they're, they're fantastic modalities. Just like Kundalini Yoga is a fantastic modality of yoga. Yeah. But it's like, they're kind of like, this is the best way. <clears throat> the best. You can't heal without doing this. Yeah that's when it's like okay well that's when it's harmful <laughs> people like that's when you're going wrong you know where it's just like actually you know actually what we need we know it's actually all about empowerment it's about you know fostering like finding and supporting and respecting and fostering our own and each other's autonomy and ability to give ourselves what we need. And it's like, if the, if the particular tool and practice practices from one religious faith works really well for you to do that, fantastic, you know, more power to you, do it forever. Great. <laughs> and that's no problem. But it's like, you just, you just have to tread carefully, you know? Yeah. It's my two cents on the matter. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you so much for, oh, I'm going to stretch. Thank you so much for uh, joining me again and uh, sharing about your journey through counseling. It's, I'm really excited for you. I also feel like you're going to merge the music in a way that hasn't been done before. I don't, mm -hmm. that's what I was getting. Like, it has to be, it has to be, because why else would you need to do it? You know, it has to be yours. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm excited about that. I feel that <laughs> way too. And I don't know what it is, but I'm excited for, for me to find it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, do you want to share with people how they can connect with you um, to get, you're still doing readings, I'm assuming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, thank you for that. Um, uh, yeah, so my website is naringenastro.com. So it's just my name, N-I-R-I-N-J-A-N, astro, A-S-T-R-O.com. Um, it's super easy to just find out about what I do on my website, super easy to book, and it's just like, it's very streamlined. Um, I do my sessions over Zoom just because there's people from all over the place. Um, so it's very easy to book. Um, and uh, yeah, I still am super excited about doing that. I would love to work with uh, anybody and everybody. I'm super like all inclusive, all inclusive of um, everybody's everything. And um, <laughs> you know, uh, now, um, you know, now having a uh, now having a, a, a better foundation and, and being trauma informed, um, in my work. Um, not that I like wasn't before, but I'm better more now, um, <laughs> which I'm happy about. And, um, also, um, yeah, so, and, and just, um, but yeah, but it, it definitely being clear that I, it's, I'm not a, a counselor yet. I'm not a certified counselor yet. Still, it's still astrology based life coaching. And, but I do um, approach it with a uh, trauma informed um, intention and, um, you know, approach it with uh, um, empathy and respect and uh, person centered style. So I'm not going to tell you what to do if you want to know what you should do. <laughs> best person to come to but uh, <laughs> don't but go I, to someone who wants to tell you what to do yes, don't <laughs> tell if you want, exactly unless you want to know what we've been through <laughs> yes, exactly. yes if you want someone to tell you what to do then uh, actually if actually if you want someone to tell you what to do definitely uh, I, I would be happy to talk to you because that can help you um you know, figure out how you are exactly the person to tell yourself what to do so that's oh nice. i love that that's awesome true. yeah <laughs> ah thank you narendra <laughs>
Yay. And thank you, um, the Porter. I really I enjoy this always. Oh, yay. Me too. All right. Well, it, this was fantastic. And um, we will see you in the next episode. Until then, bye. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, y'all. Please like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever the platform you listen to podcasts on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes. That really helps. Also, there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast in a way that benefits you and us. So please check those out. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.